The Vision app is the best place to find a growing range of homegrown, on-demand audio to help you look to God daily. You can listen to Faith and Fostering with Christians chatting about foster care in an Australian context. Plus, be encouraged by Pastor Terry Nightingale's four-minute devotions with new episodes added each week in the free Vision Christian Media app. If you don't already have the app on your smartphone or tablet, download it now from vision.org.au slash app. Vision.org.au slash app. Vision. Life, culture and current events from a biblical perspective. 2020 on Vision. We're not too far away now from the announcement of this year's Australian Christian Book of the Year and it prompts the question, what would I do if I wrote a book? And you might have a book that's been sitting on your heart, uh, inside you for a long time, and you're thinking, uh, if I wrote a book, would anyone want to read it? Well, let's talk about the quality of Australian Christian writing and what you might do if you wrote a book. Uh, Let's have a chat with Michael Colley from Sparklit Australia. He's coordinating the awards for the Australian Christian Book of the Year. Uh, Michael Colley, a special welcome back to 2020. Thank you, Neil. Michael, so far as the quality of Australian Christian writing goes, uh, I'm sure there's always room for one more book. And some of the best books are not necessarily always coming from the best known or most active authors. Uh, I imagine that some of the gems come from people who are getting their story on paper for the first time. Well, yes, uh, this year's uh, uh, shortlist includes books um, by veteran writers like uh, Paul Barnett and John Dixon, but also there is uh, first-time authors, um, Howard Smith, for instance, it's his first book. So, and uh, Anna McGann, it's her first book. So, yes, there's um, there are uh, first-time writers included in this uh, in this year's shortlist. And what makes for a good Christian book? Uh, you're obviously looking at certain criteria when you're making awards for, say, Australian Christian Book of the Year. But as a publisher and someone who promotes uh, these awards, uh, what are you looking for in a good book? Well, the award criteria, the criteria for the Australian Christian Book of the Year award, uh, the two principal criteria uh, are originality and relevance. And, I mean, that's really what makes a, a book worth reading. I guess something that's um, uh, it, the story or the information might be new or it might be um, something old that's presented in a fresh way. Um, and also it needs to uh, meet a need for Christian writing um, in Australia and, and elsewhere. So, yeah, I'd say the two, um, the two criteria, uh, originality, something that's uh, novel, or an old idea expressed in a new way, and um, it needs to meet a need. Uh, So the need to be meaningful might mean that uh, you don't just forensically go into some sort of obscure Bible verse and write uh, a Christian book around it, because unless it really connects with people where their need is, it might actually get into the irrelevant bin. And uh, I guess you've got to be able to look at those sorts of things that make your writing relevant. And uh, the relevance is going to be the thing that elevates your opportunity here. Well, I think one of the things all these the books that are shortlisted this year they all have in common is that uh, uh, we live in Christians um, in Australia are in a um, we're living in a society that um, no longer privileges um, Christians or a Christian point of view. That's fine. 
Uh, it means that we need to be able to talk respectfully with people who are sceptical uh, about uh, what we believe, um, and we need to run. We, we need to be able to, you know, engage respectfully and intelligently you know, with colleagues at work or with neighbours. Um, and most of the books here um, show us how to do that. You know, we need to be courageous, but we also need to be thoughtful. Um, and whether you're talking to a Muslim neighbour or someone who's um, a sceptical Aussie, we need to be honest and real with people. Um, and these books help us to do that. For instance, Tim Costello's uh, biography. Tim is someone who's managed to engage um, with Australian society. He's uh, frequently in the media. He has um, uh, an eloquent way of, uh, of talking about faith. Um, in a way that people can relate to. There's a lot we can learn from him, how he engages uh, with the press um, and with um, with issues of justice, um, with issues you know, with issues that uh, concern uh, concern ordinary people. Other books in the in the shortlist also uh, do that. Um, Metanoia is a book written by uh, a well-known um, film and stage actress. And uh, it's a story of her conversion. And, I mean, this is a, a, a fabulous portrait of a person who's um, an artist. And um, this is the artistic, the world of artistic endeavour, I think, scenario that's been neglected by the church. Um, and despite that, here is someone who has uh, met Jesus and been changed by um, encountering Jesus. That's a... What makes these books successful, I think, is that um, they're authentic stories. Um, there's people being sort of um, bold and uh, honest. The book Metanoia especially is very, uh, very raw and um, honest, and uh, people identify with that. So when we're talking about the quality of Australian Christian writing right now and uh, looking at the shortlist for this year's Australian Christian Book of the Year, you've got everything from history as you say, to these authentic portrayals of faith, ones that are in some ways brutally honest, uh, like For the Love of God, which is the book that goes on the heels of the uh, wonderful film series by the Centre for Public Christianity. And you've got science. uh, There's all sorts of different dimensions to the books that are being written. So far as the quality of flair of writing, we might sometimes think of great works as being somehow rather with a quality of literary flair. How do you describe modern writing today? Does it have that same flair that people are often used to when they're reading the classics? Well, looking at these books, uh, they're all uh, written uh, by people who uh, write with the authority of experience or study or training, but really they write with the um, authority of experience um, and when people are confident of um, of their experience or their with a subject, um, um, they're free to write naturally um, without art, um, you know, without any artificial um, as, you know, aspect to their writing. So I think that's um, the secret, really. Someone who's who's an artist or who has has flair. I think another way of describing that was would be that someone's articulate, that is, they know what they want to say um, and they don't feel as though they need to pad out what they're saying with um, to, to impress people. It's uh, Their message is impressive enough. Um, so I think um, good writing comes naturally when people are enthusiastic about their subject, um, they're knowledgeable, and um, it often helps if you've had experience 
articulating what you want to say. So a number of these people, um, Paul Barnett, for instance, has spent decades lecturing and teaching in the classroom and there's always going to be pushback or puzzled expressions on the faces of your students. Um, And so you, over time, uh, in the classroom, um, your message is honed and polished by by the people you're teaching, um, by the experience of teaching. And likewise, Tim Costello... Um, having to engage with the media. I mean, what um, that's a really a fabulous way of, of uh, being having your expression polished because uh, they're all you know you're always running the risk of being misinterpreted or misquoted or you know it's a, it's a great school of um, communication. I think uh, wonderful actually when we're dealing with Christian people because uh, great Christian speakers, great Christian leaders. Uh, they are often ones who are writing the books and therefore uh, they write good literature. So uh, quality reading when you read from these Christian authors. Uh, I imagine, uh, Michael, just come back to ordinary people who might never have written a book yet. I imagine the first book that you write is often the hardest because there's so many unknowns in all of that. But what's your encouragement to people who feel like, well, maybe I should write a book. Maybe I should get my story into print. Uh, What are your thoughts for people who might be contemplating that? Well, I think um, the book a book shouldn't necessarily be uh, the first form that your message should take. So if you have something to say, it's probably best to experiment and to hone that message and your um, techniques of communication um, with your Bible study group, with your church, with um, your bit of public speaking. Just you know, seek, express, seek opportunities to communicate your ideas um, the book shouldn't be the first landing place for your ideas. The book needs to be um, the fruit of a, you know, a, a process of um, testing your ideas with a sympathetic audience and then moving out and uh, testing it with um, a less sympathetic audience. And, uh, um, and maybe you're writing um, articles in magazines or um, writing a blog or really the book should be... Um, the fruit of a, a longer process of you know experimenting with your ideas. How do people respond? How can I improve? So I think you know if you want to become a writer, you need to be a reader first. You need to be well read so that you know what other people have had to say about your area of interest, and uh, you need to say yes to every opportunity to speak or preach or uh, share your ideas. So that there's by the time you write the book, it's already been well tested. Because a book's a very um, costly way of, you know, testing an idea. Um, it's better to try and do that in, um, uh, you know, a range of informal contexts before you um, commit to the book. Well, you'll know that when you walk into a Christian bookstore, there are so many books, and you think, I wonder which ones of these are good books to buy. And there might be a little hint in all of that because there is a shortlist once again this year for the Australian Christian Book of the Year. And each year there's a shortlist and you can probably get uh, what shortlists were there in place uh, for years that have gone by and see what books have been popular. But a tremendous bunch of books that are shortlisted this year and you can see the 10 that are shortlisted when you go to the sparklit.org website. Michael Colley from Sparklit, he coordinates the awards for the Australian Christian Book of the Year each year. And so sparklit.org. The announcement for this year's award is being made on the 13th of August.
and it's going to be online this year. Some COVID restrictions preventing an actual gathering for the presentation of this year's Australian Christian Book of the Year Award. So you will be able to register to be a part of a live event on the 13th of August and you can get the details for how you can do that at the Spark Lit website. So sparklit.org, spelled S-P-A-R-K-L-I-T dot org. Michael Colley, thanks so much for an update once again today on 2020. No, thank you. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.